Turn your Bibles to John chapter 8, starting a new series called Freedom, Stories of Freedom. Uh, this, whole, this whole season, this whole year has been about stories. Uh, everybody has a story, and uh, so stories of freedom. That's why we, we loved what Victor, he brought a story of freedom to you this morning. There's a lot of things that we can be free of, and so as we get into this series, we're probably going to be talking about, as the Lord uh, shows me, uh, we're going to be talking about things that you people want to be free from. Uh, we're going to talk about bondage today, freedom from bondage. That kind of covers all of them, and we may break them down over the next few weeks. I don't know how God's going to do this, but, you know, Tuesday we celebrate the, uh, the birth of our nation or the declaration. We weren't free. We just made a declaration. You understand that. There was a declaration of independence, uh, and it was a really a declaration of freedom that our forefathers made in that, in that time. Uh, they were in bondage to, to a country called England. They were in bondage to the king. They didn't like the oppression, all these things. So, uh, so it goes beautifully with what my wife has been on her heart about the declarations that we make. You may not be free from something, but you've got to start declaring just like our country do, you have to start making declarations, and then you have to start walking in those declarations and in, in that freedom. See, the, the, the foundation of this church is freedom. That's why the name of the church is Freedom Fellowship. Uh, Luke 4:18. when Jesus began his ministry, he uh, had already been confronted with, he had been baptized in the Jordan, he had been confronted by Satan, then he walked into a synagogue, and he opened up the, they opened up the book of Isaiah and gave it to Jesus, and he read this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now think about that. I've read that so many times. But here's the Son of God, 30 years of age, stepping into his destiny. You think about it. He said, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. See, he's one with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the good news, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, he, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty or give freedom to those who are oppressed. That was his mandate. That's our mandate. See, when, when we have our passion, our purpose, and our, and our, our, our position, and our passion is this, to see people saved, restored, set free, healed, equipped, empowered for the work of ministry for God and his kingdom. That is our passion here. We're passionate about people getting free. We're passionate about people getting set free from uh, drugs and pornography. And we're, we're passionate about marriages coming back together. We're, we're passionate about people getting set free from any kind of addiction. We're passionate about people getting saved. We're passionate about people getting uh, healed and set free from uh, torment. That's what we're passionate about because we're passionate about what Jesus was passionate about. 2 Corinthians 3.17 was our go-to verse. That was our, our, our signature verse when we started this work. Now the Lord is a spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We used the NIV because the word freedom was in there. Now the New King James was liberty, and we didn't, we didn't really want to be in liberty fellowship. We, we wanted to be freedom fellowship. But recently, after, after the Passion came out, I, I saw this verse in a really more beautiful way than I've ever seen it before. The Passion translation says this. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever He, the Holy Spirit, is Lord, there is freedom. 
It's kind of like what our sister said a while ago. You know, when he, when he changes you on the inside and you make him Lord of your life, the words out of your mouth will change. The declarations will have meaning to them. They'll have force behind them. They'll have the, they'll have the Spirit of God behind those declarations. Now, some people say, well, I just got to have to start saying it and saying it. That's good because when you say it out loud, you hear it and you take it back in. And it, it becomes a really beautiful cycle. But when you say it and, and it comes back in, but the Holy Spirit is infused in that word that you're saying, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your destiny. I promise you. Why do I promise you that? Because the word of God says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you grab hold of the, the life part of that, you're going to have life in your life. You're going to have, you're going to have victory in your life. So if we're in uh, John chapter 8, we're going to, you know, John chapter 8, uh, how many of you just love the book of John? I mean, it's, it's so much more about love than any of the rest of the scriptures. It's about love. And, but it's also about a lot of confrontation. So Jesus, at the very beginning of John 8, they bring, they drag this woman in, that had been in a, committed in adultery, and they dragged her in front of Jesus, and they really wanted to trick him. They wanted to trap him all the time. And they said, what does the law say? He says, to stone her. She's been caught in adultery. And he says, okay, 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 okay. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah, hopefully you know that story. And they all walked away because none of, them were, none of them were guiltless. None of them were without sin. Then he looked at her and says, woman, where are your, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I see none. He said, well, then I see none. He said, go and sin no more. and Leave that lifestyle. And then after that, he began to tell who he was, the light of the world, all these things Jesus began to proclaim. Now, he was talking to the Pharisees a lot because they're the ones that were following him and trying to trick him. They're trying to find out who he really was, and who, this imposter, these things that he was saying. And then in verse, uh, and then, but many of the people, the Bible says, that all the way up to verse 30, it says many of the people, after they followed him and listened to him, they believed him. They believed him. They believed in him. They, they believed that he was who he says he was. But not everybody did. But look at verse 31. That's where we're going to start today. Uh, how many of you remember Patrick Kitely? You know, he's now pastoring a church in the DFW area. And he said, I want to do church differently. He said, I want to do church. Uh, <laughs> so I was reading his, his, I'm his Facebook friend. So the other day he said, man, we had church. And he said, we couldn't stop. and went home for five and a half hours. Wow. So I thought, well, we can do six. <laughs> Is he in clean? Oh, okay. Anyway, he's a five and a half hour service. He said, you know, that's not going to be the norm necessarily, but he just thought if the Holy Spirit's breaking out and something's happening, why would we just say, hey, it's time to stop? So I'm just cautioning you because it's already like 1147. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, say abide. He said, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, why did he say abide in the word and you be free? Because when you abide in the word, you're abiding in Jesus because Jesus is the word. Would you agree? Yes. He's the word became flesh, manifest among us. So when you abide in the word, you abide in Jesus. And when you abide in Jesus, you abide in the truth because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if you abide in Jesus and you abide in the word and you abide in the truth, all these things, he said, will culminate to help you to walk in freedom. Now, here's the, here's the other part of that. You step away from that, and you walk into bondage. I've seen it over and over and over. Probably one of you in each section. <laughs> uh, I've seen it over and over and over. 
People are walking in freedom and they get Jesus. They, they're fired up, man, the Holy Spirit, and, and they're, they're in the Word. They're praying and, and things have come to back together and they've got the job that they wanted. They've got the marriages back in order. And then after a few months or a few weeks or a few months or maybe a few years, all of a sudden things don't happen the way they want to happen. They get disappointed at God and all of a sudden they're not reading the Word anymore. They're not praying anymore. They're not, they're not doing the things that cause you to stay free. And all of a sudden one day they wake up and they're back in their old bondage. It can happen. It can happen. He says here, you've got to abide in the word. That, that word abide means to remain in the word. You can't just hear one day, go on tomorrow. Oh, I love the word this week, but next week I'm going to be busy. I don't have time for the word. Unless you, have, you don't have time not to be in the word. And we stress this over and over, but if I were to ask you, if I was at your house and sin, and, and were you writing down how many, how many times you read the Word this week, some of you would probably say, well, Pastor, you know, I just didn't have time. And then you wonder why you're struggling. The Word, Jesus said it. He said, abide in the Word. If you want to be free, abide in the Word. Verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? I'm telling you what, they, be they believed the lie. They had drank the Kool-Aid. Here they're saying, oh, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage. What a crock that was. They've been in bondage time after time after time after time. And right then when they said that, they were in bondage to Rome. Now, you know, Jesus has got to be going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my Spanish. <laughs> but see, but see, many of you in this place, maybe even now, maybe, but maybe used to, you denied you were even in bondage. Oh, not me. I can quit any time. And I've quit 25 times just to show you I can quit. <laughs> right? Now, I'm not in bondage. I, that, that didn't bother me. I, don't, I can, man, I can just get, I sail right through that. That didn't bother me one bit. And Jesus looks at you and says, liar, liar, liar. Self-deception is wicked. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. Repentance will never come until you have a confession. That, and you will never get help. Listen, when people go through deliverance, you know, the first thing I want to ask them is, do you really want to be free? Because if they're like, eh, you know, kind of. No, 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 we're not taking you there. You've got to really want it. Because if you don't really want it and you get it, then you're not going to be walking in discipleship. You're not going to be walking in the truth very long. And all of a sudden, you'll be, oh, we need deliverance again. Oh, but, okay, but we just did that, you know. But, but I, I, you know what, I kind of fail. And, and I just, can, can you help me? Can you fix me again? Betty, can you fix me? Pam, can you fix me? Open the door. Come back in. Come on back in. Because you're not willing to abide in the word. You're not willing to do the work. You're not willing to sacrifice a little of your time for Jesus. And all of a sudden that buddy that used to, you kicked out, he comes back around and all of a sudden you say, come back in. And he comes back in and he brings all of his buddies with him. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about spiritual demons. I'm talking about real people. Real people. We're talking about demons a lot. They brought back seven of them. No, some of y'all, you, your old friends come back, and you don't have the guts to tell them to get away from my house. 
Oh, it's all going to be okay, Pastor. I'm going to lead them all to Jesus. You know, smoking a little weed with them, that kind of breaks the ice. I'm just saying. Verse 34, Jesus answered said, Then most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Woo, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. You know, slaves, they were bought and sold. But a son abides forever. We're sons. We abide forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The word commits here doesn't mean that if you commit one sin, you're done. It means a continuation of sin. It means a constant sin. You fall back in that continual sin. Then you fall back into bondage. You do what you don't want to do. How many of you know what bondage is? Bondage is torment. Bondage is, man, I've got to stop that. That was yesterday. Next day, I've got to stop that. That's, that's, that's less, oh, I got to stop this. I hate this. I hate this feeling. I hate this guilt. I hate this condemnation. Why can't I get free from it? But you won't abide in the word a minute. You won't get your, you won't get your weapon out. You won't, get the, you won't get the sword out and begin to battle with it. You won't get on your knees and begin to battle on your knees. The battle belongs to the Lord, but some of you just don't. You want to do it in your own flesh. And you think it's going to work. I can quit. I can stop. I can do it anytime I want to. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Jesus actually admits the fact that they are his descendants. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Genetically, yeah, they were Abraham's descendants. But spiritually, they were not. Matter of fact, he said later on, your, your father is the devil. But he says this, my word has no... Listen how important this is. Can, can, I, can you listen to me this morning? How important it is to get the word in you. Quit thinking it's just going to happen next week. Quit thinking, pastor will give me the word. Quit thinking that. Get in the word for yourself. There's no excuse. There's not one excuse for people not to be in the word. There's not one. He says, my word has no place in you. Listen, you know what that means? A space that may be filled or occupied by another. So if God's word is not occupying your heart and your spirit and your soul, something else is. Someone else is occupying. Who's occupying your space? Who's in your space, church? Who's, in, who's, who's on your mind? Who's, who's, who, who, what are you scrolling about today? Man, if we just start to read as much as we scroll... Get out the real scroll, <laughs> you know? It's not, it's not rocket science. It, it really isn't. Verse 38, I speak with what I've seen with my father, and yet you do what you've seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication, we have one father, God. Now that word, born of fornication, more than likely, they had heard that Jesus was born and out, out of wedlock. And so they were, they, were, they were accusing him of, hey, he's, not, he's, really a bastard, he's a really a bastard son. Man, they called him some bad names, didn't they? Wait till you see what they called him next. But here's the thing, a lot of people do things in the name of God and they're horrible things. Terrorists do things in the name of God. 
People walk into post office and they shoot people. They say, God told me to do it. They walk into schools and they say, God told me to do it. Listen, you got to know who God is. If you don't know the word of God, you're not going to know who God is. You're not going to know that he's a God of love. You're not going to know that he's a good, good father unless you're in the word of God. Jesus said to them in verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth. He said, I came from God. Listen, you know, he said, you think I'm from a, 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 you know, an illegitimate marriage or something? He said, I proceeded and came forth from God, nor have I come of myself, but he, God, sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You know, the Old Testament, it's in Isaiah, it said it was prophesied that God's people would hear, but they wouldn't understand. They would see, but not perceive. Paul spoke of the people, and you may know people like this, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. How many of you have ever talked to somebody, you've told them the truth, and you've witnessed to them, and it's just like you're looking at a blank wall. Anybody? What do you mean, God? What do you mean there's a Son of God? What do you mean there's a Holy Spirit? And you start talking to them. Listen, the God of this age has blinded them. The Bible says that there was seed that was sown. You know what the seed is? It's the Word of God. And some of it, some of the people that we talk to, it's like that seed fell on concrete. And they just bounced off and didn't do one bit of good. Sometimes we cast our pearls before swine. Did you know that? People are not, not interested. And we think, well, I'm going to win them to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you need to fast and pray before you start going after somebody like that. You need to bind up some things before you start speaking the word of God to somebody like that or they will make you look foolish. And they'll just say, get away from me. I don't need to hear this nonsense. Everybody, anybody ever been told that before? Get away. I don't need this nonsense. This is fairy tales. But if you don't know the word of God and how to approach them and how to speak truth to them, listen, you can turn them further away instead of draw them closer in. Verse 44, you are the father. You are of your father, the devil. I love Je Jesus. was just like, I'm going to win these people. <laughs> Let me tell you who your daddy is. He's the devil. He probably won no. He probably did it with seeker-friendly church. He would not have fit there. He said, I know your father's the devil and the desires that your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Did you know Satan will use the word of God to twist it and pervert it to make you think it says one thing and one, that it doesn't? He tried that with Jesus. Did you know people twist scriptures to fit their own agenda? They take a verse out of context and start, I mean, they can, you can, you can, listen, why do you think we have thousands of denominations? Because people have taken the word and twisted it and made it feel good, made it, made it fit them, made it fit their philosophy. Or their culture. I Men, it's happening in America today like no other time. I have seen some horrifying things on the internet about churches and what now they're decreeing. The Sparkle Creed and all these things. It is amazing how far so many people have gotten away from the core values in the, in the Word of God. If you ask them, show me where that is in the Word, they couldn't show you. They just said, well, the Spirit of God told me this is it. Listen, if the Spirit of God tells you that, it's going to be in the Word of God. Don't come running and say, oh, Holy Spirit told me to do this. Well, show me in the Word where that lines up with the Word of God. Well, if they can't show you, just say, listen, I just bind up that lying spirit in you. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan. Verse 45. 
I don't know if a translator could keep up with me, man. It's, it's because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Mm. Isn't that our world today? He tells us the truth and the world doesn't believe him. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. You know, some people, what's that line from a few good men? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> a lot of people can't handle the truth. If you've got the truth, they just can't handle it. That's why you've got to start the truth and you've got to speak the truth in what? Love. You've got to speak it in love. Verse 48. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly, listen to what they called him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan, which he wasn't, and you have a demon? That's pretty close to blasphemy. Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. At this point, I think they're wanting to rip their robes, you know, pour dust on their heads and, like, come after him, you know. Nash I'm sure there's some gnashing of teeth going on in the background. Because they're, they're accusing him of one thing. He just turns it and flips it around and says, listen, I honor my father. I keep his word. And then he throws this little tidbit in. You, you know, you're never going to die. <laughs> the enemy is really good at accusations. I don't know how many in this room would have the grace to receive what he received and not just point a finger at him and go, poof. <laughs> Daddy, lightning. <laughs> they just called him the worst things in the world. And yet he turns it around and says, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. That word, keep his word. This is why I love this passage so much. He says, keep his, keeps his word means to carefully attend to his word. Is there a thread here? Is there, is there something underlying here that you need to hear this morning? It's keep his word. Abide in his word. Commit to him, not commit sin. Psalm 119, says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you don't know what, if you don't know what the word of God is, and you're sinning, and there's no conviction there because, hey, I haven't been taught that that's right or wrong, that's kind of on the, on the gray area, then you've not got the Word of God in your heart. He will, he'll let you know. The Word of God will let you know. Verse 52, we're almost done. Five and a half hours. <laughs> then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Wow, again, blasphemy. But I need to get to this part. Abraham is dead, they said, and the prophets are dead. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? He's going, yeah. <laughs> and, the pro <laughs> and the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. In other words, he wasn't going to go, hey, look at me. He's, he's not going to honor himself. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see me. My, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. They've got to be confused by this point. I would have been confused at this point. 
anybody probably would have been confused at this point. Because Abraham died uh, a couple of thousand years before. Now, Cass, Cassie asked me last week, she said, what was, I didn't get that, Pastor, about the promise. What was the promise that they didn't see in Hebrews 11? So I want to share that, and I apologize if I didn't make that clear last week. But see, all the heroes of the faith in Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, they were all looking forward. Abraham looked forward. Now look what Jesus said about Abraham. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Now, how did he see it? Did he see it physically? No. He saw it in the spirit. He looked forward 2,000, some say it was like 2,018 years before Christ came onto the earth, and he saw, he saw the promise. He didn't receive the promise, but he saw the promise. All of those people of faith, they, they looked forward to the... That's how they were saved, by looking forward to Messiah. Now, you and I, it's funny because it's about 2,000... 20 years later, we are looking back to the Messiah. You weren't there when he died. You weren't there when he rose from the dead, were you? If you are, I want to know your health plan. <laughs> so what do we, how do we look back and figure out that that happened? It's by faith. The same faith that they had to look forward, we have to look backward to. So here's, here's the kicker. Jesus is standing right in front of them. They see him in the physical. They saw him on the cross. They had 500 and something witnessed afterwards that he had resurrected. So they were there. They didn't have to go, oh, I wonder when Messiah's coming. Jesus said, I'm here. It's me. The one you've been talking about, but your, your father, the devil, has deceived you and you don't see me. See, people that don't know Jesus, the, the enemy has deceived them and blinded their eyes. And that's why we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we are witnesses to him. That's why God said to go into all the world and make disciples. He said to go and witness. That's what we're to do. Because the world at large is blinded. They're blinded to the truth of Jesus Christ. Then the Jews said to him, you're not... 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Guys, listen. If you live in the natural, you will never live in the supernatural. If all you live in is unnatural, you will never understand or believe in the supernatural. You just won't. See, after all that, Jesus said, hey, you're not, you're not 2,000 years old. You're, just, you're not even 50. <laughs> and again, he's probably going, I, yeah, I, how can I make this any clearer to them? So he says this. Woo, this is going to really blow him out of the water. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and he went out of the temple going through the midst of them, so passed by. It wasn't his time. They wanted to kill him a lot of times before he went to the cross. It wasn't his time. But see, we have people all over this world, all over this city. They're not, they're not believers. They're not, they don't trust God. They don't walk in faith. They, they're not, they have nothing within their spirit that says, but 
there has to be more. That's where we come in, church. But you can't go out and do what you're supposed to do if you're, still, if you're that one still in bondage. Unless you're free. What's that old saying? Free people, free people. Bound people, mm, they don't help many people. I'm not saying you can't. You can, but I'm saying free people have a better chance of freeing people. When he said, I am who I am to Moses, and then Moses said, well, who, who should I tell my people that are sending me? He said, tell them I am. I am. So when he said this to the Pharisees, they, they, they were livid. They said, he's claiming to be God. And he was. He didn't mince words. You know, the way I think, I, I was like, uh, what happened to those Pharisees? You ever wonder about that? You just read it and kind of go, oh, they're just a bunch of idiots. They're all going to hell. <laughs> I think differently maybe some ways because I think on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and preached. He said, you killed the Messiah. You did. He's pointing at all those Pharisees and all those Jews that didn't believe. And that day, Pentecost, Holy Spirit came down. And it says... They began to just, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, we, we must have done it. Something tells us that we've done it. All of a sudden, they become supernatural listeners, hearers, and, and they say, what must we do? And, and Peter just looks at him and said, well, you need to be, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You want to be free, you've got to repent. And I think, I, this is just me, I think there might have been some of those guys there that day I just think there might have been a few of them that went, man, I was there that day. We wanted to kill him right then. He said he was there. He said he was, I am. And now I know he was. I know he is. And some Pharisees, you know, their Pharisees got saved. Did you know that? Priests got saved, the Bible says. And I, I just can imagine them making a beeline down there to Peter. To, well, I don't think they had an altar, so to speak. But then what do we do? Here's some water. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. I want to be free. I want to be free. Would you stand?